Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, and welcome to episode number 111 of the Master and Pursuit podcast, and the first one of 2023, as we come into a shiny new year, and it's a shiny day, got a bit of a blue sky, got a bit of sunshine, poking through the haze as I jog through the forest, and this is of course the podcast that brings you three things, it brings you conversations with the elites, as part of our scheme to invest in underfunded British marathon runners. It brings you workouts that you can download, plug yourself into and run to as if I'm there with you. And it brings you recovery rambles where I run easy around the Epping Forest. Looking splendid in the winter sunshine today and I'll talk about something that's on my mind. And today, on Friday, January the 6th, that's what we got, we got a bit of a ramble today. And this one really builds on one from a year ago, episode number 90. I'll talk about sustainable goals. I'm setting sustainable goals and targets and objectives and milestones, in fact. And obviously it comes early in 2023. As we're all looking ahead, all thinking about what lies ahead, particularly this week. And I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling fresh from a fantastic holiday in Mexico. I'll spare you the slideshow, the holiday snaps. Come on everyone, look at my holiday snaps. You can go to Instagram for that. But it was amazing. And what was, and I say I'm fresh, actually, I say I'm fresh. The jet lag coming west to east, oh, blimey. Didn't know where I was coming or going for a couple of days. I'm still not particularly coherent. So for me, even more incoherent than normal on this. Please forgive me. Blame the jet lag. But I'm not allowed to moan about the jet lag. Because it comes as a consequence of an amazing holiday. An adventure. Did loads of fun stuff. But like I said, I won't bore you with any of that. The key thing, I think, that made it so good was a reminder of olden times, pre-Covid. Freedom to move and not worrying what was going on at home. What the outlook, the Covid outlook was, what the restrictions were, what was going to happen, as we've had to do for the previous two winters and obviously the whole of the two years really. So it's so nice not to have that backdrop. And in my case, it's also nice not to have the holiday interrupted by a mother-in-law nearly dying. So we all got a good break. So I've come back all fresh and invigorated and ready to go to hit 2023 hard. 
And of course, another sign that normality is returning is that this year the London Marathon is back to its April slot. The first time since 2019. Four years. We'll all be complaining about that in April when it's 25 degrees. But it feels, it feels right. The world is back on its axis. But who knows what lies ahead. I'm not naive, I can see what's happening in China. We've got problems at home obviously. And I know quite a lot of people were ill over the Christmas period. So I know I'm lucky. Another reason not to go on about the amazing sunshine, the tacos, the nachos, the guacamole, oh my god. Oh, so good. Anyway, I won't go on about any of those things. But I have come back fresh. And so, it's tempting, isn't it, to set yourself a load of ambitious goals for the beginning of the year. But I've never been a fan of New Year's resolutions. I've talked about that before. And I think it's because I value consistency. I value continuity of effort rather than peaks and troughs and ups and downs. And resolutions to me feel temporary and they often peter out, don't they? I know, it's like going back into the workplace for great intentions for the first week of the year of doing things differently and then within the space of a week or two everything's back to how it was and those ideas and dreams are a distant reality there you go, incoherence they're a distant thought rather than a reality so for me it's actually about objectives, it's about milestones and it's about markers along the way on your overall journey rather than thinking about things that you really wish to change in the very short term they might involve short term changes of course but it's thinking about what how they add up to a longer term ambition, goal or purpose and that's what sits at the heart of sustainable goals but I do recognise that in New Year and a clear calendar a fresh outlook and a shiny 2023 it does actually provide a good punctuation point in that overall journey gives the opportunity to reflect set a new direction of travel potentially or slightly shift the direction of travel or accelerate down the same direction of travel who knows and it's that punctuation point that is worth using the punctuation point that the new year provides is worth using but it is also worth noting that other punctuation points do exist as well and for me things like school terms and half terms holidays in particular and also marathon seasons they provide me with those punctuation points as well as the new year it's definitely a time to to think being as it's one of the very few times that everybody is switched off at, at the same time it's like a collective reset 
But as you do that reflection, as you do that slight shifting in the direction of travel, it's well worth thinking about how sustainable those goals are, how sustainable that direction is. And all of that is covered in episode 90. And the process that I follow with people that I coach is laid out in that in that episode. But I thought it'd be useful to summarise it, draw out some key points, just as a little a memoir, brushing up on my French. And the key thing is, it's a five-stage process. It's not just as simple as going right. I'm going to do this. And that five-stage process involves understanding the what, so what you're going to do. But importantly, that's driven by your values, or certainly underpinned by your values, and driven by your longer-term purpose, should you know and recognise what that is. So getting the what. So the second stage is the why. It's really thinking hard about why that goal, that milestone is important to you. And that's often a deep underlying emotional level. The third stage is looking at the barriers. So what's going to stop you achieving your goals? Both the internal barriers, the things about you, and the external ones, the things about the environment in which you're operating in, the context. So it's understanding those barriers. But then the fourth stage is the action plan to remove them. And this is the key point. This is where things happen. This is where things move. And here, in our action plan, for sustainability at least, it's really important to think, how's this helping the long term? And my longer term objectives? And what do I need to do tomorrow? And break it down. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's athletes who've got a better handle on this than anybody. They have a long-term objective, let's say, to compete in the 2024 Olympics, or perhaps even the 2028 Olympics now. And they understand what they need to do each day to make their progress towards their goal. Today, I need to do a six-mile recovery run, for example. And then you set your action plan, the fifth stage, and probably the most important stage of all is the review process. So we don't leave it till the end of the year when your bonus is up or you're due for a promotion. You review your progress on an ongoing basis. The reason that's such an important part of the process is it's in the reviewing of your progress towards your goal that you can make adaptations. You can make changes to the plan itself. New barriers might have emerged. You might have smashed through some. Or you can make changes or and or you can make changes to the goal itself. And herein lies the segue to resilience because it's by 
reviewing and adapting as you go that you remain on track because you're consciously processing how you're progressing you're making the tweaks and the changes you need to make rather than and either continuing on blindly with hope to keep you going or giving up so that review process is critical to being able to keep going now within all that the key to sustainability lies also with the what and that's really making sure that it is underpinned by your values about who you are so doing something that's congruent with who you are is critical the why is important because when it gets tough you need your emotions to push through you need to call on your heart when things get hard never more true than in the tough weeks of marathon training and in the last 10k of the race itself and of course the final key to sustainability is that review process now with that review process there's a couple of thoughts about how to do that there's accountability is one and this is what I see in run coaching that often accountability can lead to performance improvement simply the process of having someone else to share your progress with can make a big difference to the progress itself and a second thought to try and help that review process lies in the creation of habits and habits is something I talk about at length in episode number 93 and how to create habits and the, the key feature of that is the importance of the trigger for a habit and we talk about how habits form off the back of something else so I eat biscuits with my cup of tea so what do I do if I need to or want to give up biscuits I have to stop drinking tea so change that habit to create oh, jumping over a big puddle to create the change that you want or more positively if I want to get into exercise into running but I can't ever get out the door I'll get too tired in the evenings change the habit put your running clothes on in the morning for example lay them out neatly next to your bed with pride like a flat lay before a race so in this case to review your progress you need to create a habit create a trigger and we've already sort of identified what some of the triggers might be it could be school terms when you get to the half term that's your time to review or it could be the end of the month it could be payday create that trigger in your mind that then enables you to sit down and review your progress and it doesn't have to be a lengthy process 10 or 15 minutes of 
just thinking, what have I done? What have I not done? And then within that, why you've not done the things you've not done and why the things you have done have worked. And an example might be that the things you haven't done haven't happened for a reason. Perhaps they're not important enough to you. Perhaps the landscape has changed. Perhaps you need to adapt stuff. So create that habit. Create a trigger to create the habit. Review the progress. Set yourself some sustainable goals. Rather than pesky old New Year's resolutions. Now, moving on slightly, thinking about the milestone pursuit. And the milestone pursuit is there to help people to pursue their milestones, their goals, their objectives, in running and in business and in life. Because all those things are interconnected in a beautifully poetic way. But we actually have a pursuit of our own, which I've spoken about before. And that is to help improve the standards of British marathon running. And that's born of nostalgia. Perhaps a rose-tinted view of the glory days of a former era from the 1980s, maybe the 1970s with Ron Hill as well. Perhaps even before that, Gordon Pirrie. and the like but anyway that's that's our pursuit the why that's the what the why well I think aspiration and inspiration in running is important I think it's important for us to have people ahead of us all to look up to to inspire us and it feeds all the way down through the relative performance chain because we're all slightly driven by what we see others do and the more people at the top that succeed the people who slightly behind them push themselves on the people behind them push themselves on etc etc all the way down to people who are just starting running in the first place and the reason that's all important is because of the well-known physical and mental health benefits in an era where it's getting increasingly difficult to look after ourselves. It's also fun. Now, what's the action plan? The action plan at the moment, as we've seen and talked about a lot, is sponsoring and supporting the elite athletes that we do. So, Charlotte, Josh... Natasha and Tish to try and help them and that recognises that one of the barriers is money it's hard for them to be full time athletes and compete in the marathon because the rewards for competing in the marathon are hard to get and it's a tough thing to do as we've seen in our recent mini-series into how hard it is being a marathoner Oh, it all comes around, doesn't it? There are, of course, other barriers. 
and East African domination is one of them. Doping is another, and with the number of Kenyan athletes being busted at the moment, those two things are probably linked to an extent. And that dominance means it's much harder for athletes from the rest of the world to pick up prize money and entrance money, which makes it harder for them to maintain a living, which means they might have to work, which means they might not be able to train quite as effectively in this day and age. And another barrier is competitiveness at a local level, and that's here I'm really talking about the volume of athletes that are competing for international vests and for ranking points and places. And that is another part of our action plan, is if we keep improving the standards of British marathon running at all levels, it sort of pushes everyone up. And to that end, it's worth looking, as the year has ended, the year of 2022 has ended, it's worth looking at how that's going, how, how are British marathon running standards progressing. And there's more detail of this to come in our newsletter, which will be out very soon. But the summary is very interesting. And to get, if you've not already signed up to that newsletter, there'll be a link in the episode notes for you to sign up to read all about where British marathon running is. And it's a very similar story for both the men and the women. On the men's side, Johnny Mellor finished the year as number one with his 2.10.46 at the Manchester Marathon, placing him at the top of the list. Josh was second with 2.11.24 from Seville. Feels like a long time ago to, to Josh now. Nearly a year ago. But placed him second on the list. And then you look at the depth. And to do that, I've been tracking for a little while is the performance of the 10th ranked runner and it's interesting to note that this year the 10th ranked runner was Adam Craig who ran 2.13.54 and that is the fastest ever 10th ranked runner in the UK and it has been trending down for some time so while at the top end performance has not necessarily improved the volume of people has and I think it figures that at some stage the top end will will start to improve as well because of the volume of people doing it and the need to compete also the sharpening of international qualification standards will help drive people on as well but the other interesting thing is there are 15 men who finished the year with a time that was faster than the 10th ranked man from the previous year. So that's quite a dramatic shift forwards. But you then look at it on a global scale and the interesting thing about the global system now is the ranking system has changed. It's not based on your best time anymore. Ranking points are awarded for your positions, times and places 
in key events. Certain events having more points, more value than others. Which explains why Phil Sessman, with his 2 hours 12 at the London Marathon, is the highest British athlete on the global rankings, despite not being the fastest. Because London's valued higher than Manchester in the ranking system. Manchester being where Johnny Miller ran his leading time for the year. So, slightly complicated, but on that global system, Phil Sessman was 237th. And here's, here's the interesting thing. And the top 100 athletes ranked globally, which Kipchoge is obviously number one, just 79 out of the top 100 are from East African nations. Eritrea, Kenya, Uganda, Ethiopia, Tanzania. And on the women's side, it's a very similar story, but with potentially with bigger shifts. So in the UK rankings, Jess Piasecki was number one with her 2.22.25 from Seville almost a year ago. Second on the list was Charlotte with a brilliant Boston performance and 2.33.26. And third was Natasha just recently at Valencia, 2.26.14. But then when we're looking at depth, we look at the 10th ranked athlete and that was Naomi Mitchell and her time to be ranked 10th was 2.30.54 and just as with the men that is the fastest ever 10th ranked time but this time by nearly three minutes it's a big leap forwards it continues the downward trend over time but is that big leap forwards and with the women, there were 16 women who ran faster than the 10th ranked time from 2021. So again, leaps are being made. But then of course you have to look at the global picture. And it's a similar, but perhaps not quite so dramatic tale as to the men. Where Jess and Charlotte, actually the other way around, Charlotte and Jess, are ranked 89th and 90th in the world respectively and the context of this global ranking is interesting because Jess and Charlotte are ranked second and fourth on the UK all-time list but they are ranked 89th and 90th on the global ranking for 2022 and again we have to look at the overall situation and very similarly to the men 76 top 100 ranked athletes globally are from East African countries so it's tough, it's tough to compete through the puddle and it's tough to pick up those ranking points it's, it's tough to pick up prize money and we talked about this obviously in our most recent little mini-series but it's why we continue to invest as well that's why we do what we do and it's why we'll continue with our pursuit to help improve the standards of British marathon running which I think it's fair to say are improving from a certainly from a depth perspective and also from an overall 
pace and time perspective for the women. And if what we're doing has even the tiniest impact, then it makes it all worthwhile. Makes the pursuit worth it. Because it's through small impacts that big ones happen or something. I'm sure someone said something like that once. And on that note, there is more to do. Onwards, off we go, gonna go and help some others now. So that's the end of this ramble. Thanks for listening. As ever, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, I hope this helps you get some sleep. And I'll be back again soon. But in the meantime, please take care and enjoy 2023. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 